Folks, I think that most of you, at least most of you, will understand something about the cross. I think that we preach the cross, and I think we should preach the cross, and I don't have any problem with that, because it is by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross that we have, we have our salvation. But when I preach about the resurrection, most people don't know what it's for. They know they're supposed to go to church on that Sunday, but they don't know why that they're actually there because what makes that that Sunday special? They say it was because Christ was risen on that day, and I say, yes, that is true. And most of the people think that the resurrection was proving the veracity of who Jesus said he was and is. And they think that's the reason that we should celebrate because of Jesus. He He proved to be who he was by the resurrection. However, that is true. But is that all? What did the resurrection do for you? What did the resurrection do for me? Well, let's look in the scriptures and we'll find this out. So Paul in the scriptures addressing something that was going around on social media of the day. You know what the social media of the day was, don't you? They were talking to each other. What a crazy idea, (laughs) you know? So they were talking to each other. And what they were saying to each other is, is that they said, well, Christ has been resurrected, but we will not be resurrected. There is no resurrection for us. First Corinthians fifteen twelve, it actually says that. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, you realize people often say something and they do something else. I'm pretty sure you know some people that have done that. They say one thing, but they do something else. So for example, I've heard people say, you know what? Greasy foods are really bad for you. Now let's go to McDonald's. You know, understand what I'm saying. They will say, they, they will, th- th- one of the things they'll do is, and this one, I've seen this happen, you know, you go to a gym and what are they doing? They're trolling and going around the parking lot trying to find the closest parking place so they can go inside to exercise. To me, why not park as far away as you can, get some exercise on the way in there? And then there's people that eat, that uh, they, they'll order the double cheeseburger, large order of tater tots, and a Diet Coke. You know, and you put those together. You say, well, here's what's going on. There are people that said, we believe in Christ's resurrection, but we don't believe that we're going to be that way. I've got a friend who wrote a song. I'm always bringing up a friend who's written a song. But his, his words are this way, and I will not sing it to you because I love you too much. But it goes like this. How can you say you love country when you dig those rhythm and blues? How can you say you love country when you listen to the music you do? How can you say you love sunshine when you're standing out in the rain? How can you say you love country when you got those rhythm and blues on your brain? You see, what is happening here is, is that you say one thing and you're doing something else. This is called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. You see this all the time, folks. You see this all the time. Winston Churchill himself said that the the greatest argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. And the reason is, is because people will say one thing and they'll vote against it on the other side. It makes no sense whatsoever. 
So these people accepted that Jesus Christ was resurrected, but they refused to believe that anyone else would be. Now, they did not tie these two things together. They couldn't see that the resurrection of Christ was not only the proof, proof of his authenticity, but it was the genesis of their own resurrection. Understand, 1 Corinthians, next verse, fifteen thirteen. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ was resurrected. Now, how do you make that statement? You see, uh, now we're talking about the believing dead here. I want to make sure that if there's no resurrection of the dead, he's talking about the believing dead that we're talking about here. And so what he's speaking of, he says, there must come a point of victory over death. When Christ was raised from the dead, he began the victory. I couldn't think of a better illustration, and it's probably a terrible one, but it's the best way I could think of it. Let's say you had a bucket of water, and the bucket of water is full. And even if you held that bucket of water, what's going to happen? The water is going to stay inside that bucket, except for one thing. If you poke a hole in the bottom of that bucket, then what is going to happen with that water? That water is going to run out as fast as it can, right? Now, if water had a decision to make, water would be saying, I'm going to escape from this bucket from the moment that I can get out of this bucket. As soon as there's a hole poked in the bottom, I'm going to get out of here. Do you realize what has happened here? Is that that... Jesus Christ must defeat the stronghold of death to enable believers to escape from among the dead. See, here's the situation, folks. All believers are enabled to follow the path because of his victory over death. No one would stay dead when they don't have to stay dead. They're not going to stay dead and they're going to be resurrected. Because why? Because they're not going to stay in that state. Why? It's because Jesus Christ has already poked a hole in this bucket. He's already led a place for people to get out of this. And so he has allowed for their uh, escape. Therefore, Jesus' resurrection assured our own resurrection because no one would stay in the grave. No one would choose to do this. And so that you will have a bodily resurrection someday. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ assures us of this. And when the time comes... And you are on your own deathbed. And there will be a time coming when that will happen. And you can say this with confidence. It's not over. It is not over. For we all shall walk together again because of Jesus Christ's resurrection. Let's go into verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Now, let's see if I can get to the principal part of our preaching here. We preach that we can have a personal relationship with a living Lord by trusting in Jesus. That means that you should be able to interact with Jesus. Understand, if you have a personal relationship with anybody in the world and they never talk to you, you don't have a personal relationship. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? In order to have a personal relationship, there must be some interaction. And so that Christ will speak to us. He speaks to us through the Word. He speaks to us through the Spirit. He speaks to us to give us comfort at times. And sometimes He gives us encouragement. And through that, He also gives us instruction. And sometimes He even corrects us in what we're doing. And He brings us sometimes to a confession point. We can, and we can restore that relationship with Him. Because He's calling on us. And, and we know that He's alive. So the resurrection... Is is necessary or Jesus is still in the grave. There's no way to look at this in any way. If he is dead, then he is dead and that's all there is to it. And there is no way that you can be able to say, I've got a relationship with a dead person. Think about that. In the movie Passengers, you haven't seen it? I've, I've seen it. 
It's the story of a, a spaceship that go, it's going to go 120 years to some other place, to another planet. And on that way, they put everybody in suspended animation. And so they're all asleep. And what happens is a meteor hits the ship and it wakes up this one guy. This one guy in this huge ship. has got 5,000 passengers and 200 and something uh, crew on the thing. They're all asleep. Now he has the whole ship to himself. He can eat anything he wants from the automated restaurants. He can watch all the movies. He can use all the recreation rooms. And he has an amazing view of the stars. But he is alone. He's all by himself. And almost by accident, he comes across a pod of a fellow passenger whom he thinks is beautiful. So he starts to read about her. Going by her pod and reading the things that she's written because she's an author. And he reads it. And he's, 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 you know, he just comes enamored with her. But there's one great problem. She's asleep. He can't have a relationship with her because she is asleep. And so what does he do? What would you do? He woke her up. He woke her up. Because you can't have a relationship with somebody who's asleep. And you can't have a relationship with somebody who's dead. You can't have a relationship in that way. And we would never have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if he had not awakened from the dead. You realize that? And so we have that message that I preach. And his resurrection assures that you and I can have a true personal relationship with him. We are no longer to be praying in the dark. There is someone who is listening to our prayers. And that's the message that we preach. And that's the faith that you have. And the resurrection means that we aren't crazy for believing we're talking to a dead man. Think about that. Let's go into verse 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. See, we are liars. I am a liar if he's not resurrected. You understand that very clearly, I hope. And we're not just lying to others. I'm not just lying to you. I'm lying to myself at the same time. I've become kind of a self-appointed Moses that couldn't part the Red Sea. So I chartered a boat called Titanic. You know what I'm saying? It's going to sink on me. It's destined for that. Verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, even Christ has not been, has, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Why would we believe that we are still in our sins if Jesus Christ has not been raised? Didn't he pay for our, our sins on the cross? Wouldn't that be enough? Why do we have to have the resurrection? Well, I will tell you why. If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, then his death was justified. You understand what I'm saying to you? His death, the wages of sin is death. If he did not get resurrected, then he did not live an atoning life. If Jesus was not resurrected, he did not give, give an atoning death because he did not live an atoning life. Realize what I'm saying to you. And therefore, he could not have been resurrected because he, the wages of sin is death. 
and therefore he would die in his sins and then you would still be in your sins. Do you understand why Satan so desperately wanted to see Jesus fall from and, and, and not live an atoning life? Why would he go and say, while he was hungry, he'd say, you can, turn, you can turn these stones into bread. Why would he say, you can have it all? Why did he, why did he say, you can jump off of this high thing and, and, and you could, God's angels will catch you. You can tempt God with that. Why does he want all this? Because he knows there is no salvation, no relationship, no sacrifice, and no atonement when when Jesus does not live an atoning life. So that the resurrection assures the payment of sins. He was resurrected. He fulfilled the role of the sacrificial lamb. And those who trust in him have their sins removed. Christ's resurrection assures your forgiveness for now and forever. Realize when he died for us, he died the, the death of, a, of one who could atone for our sins. And he died for all the sins we have committed from this moment past and from this moment forward in this. Let's go on to verse 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep and Christ have perished. Now you can, I think you can see that fairly clearly here as we go across this. You see, what would happen is, is that uh, those that, even if you had faith in Jesus and he was not the one that was atoning for us, we would die and we would remain, we would remain as we are. Now understand, that doesn't mean you wouldn't have a resurrection. I want you to hear this. Even lost people, people that do not know Christ are going to have a resurrection. I know that you'd probably say, oh no, that's not true. But it says in John chapter 5 verse 28, it says, do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. All in the tombs, that's the good, that's good, bad people. It doesn't matter. He said, and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. See, here's the situation, folks. You see, we would be resurrected, but we would only be resurrected for judgment. That would be all there was if Christ had not been resurrected. You know, have you ever said uh, to, about somebody, you said, I hope they get what they deserve? You know what I'm saying? You know, usually we're saying that for somebody who's done something bad, not usually somebody who did something good. We usually say that for somebody who's done something bad. I, I have this pet peeve, and that is people that drive faster than the speed limit through school zones when the, when the yellow light's blinking. I don't understand when that's blinking. And so I'm going by Bayside High School. This is really true, truly happened. And I'm going, the light is blinking. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing 25 and somebody goes right past me. And I said what many of you may have said, where is a policeman when you need him? Right? And what am I saying? I hope he gets what he deserved. Well, just what happened about three seconds afterwards. Here goes one with lights going. And I'm going, you go, you go, you go, you know. He pulled into the 7-Eleven there. I mean, right there at the 7-Eleven. And I went, I think I need a Coke. I want to watch this. <laughs> but you know what the truth is? The truth is, I want you to guilt the, get those guilty speeders as long as it's not me. Now, I don't speed through the school zones, but I may be speeding somewhere else. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you here? Is that I would get nothing but judgment. And probably I would deserve it. You see, I'm not judged because of his resurrection. And rightfully sent to hell because of the resurrection. 
That's the truth, folks. That's the truth. Let's read verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Christ is not resurrected, then this is the only life we have. In fact, this is the only heaven we're going to have if we're going to have heaven. And we're going to have hell afterwards. But there is hell is just simply no life. It, there is an existence in hell. It's just no life. Some people are satisfied with existence, I suppose. Some people have even started their own hell on this earth. But imagine living for a lie. That would mean when you give your money to the church, it makes no difference because nobody's ever really saved anyway. You understand what I'm saying to you? And all the Bible studies that you've gone to, they don't make any difference because you're not really changed. You just kind of feel better about yourself. And so that everything that we have said and believe is just painfully wrong. We would be better off if we could just get all we can, can all we get, and sit on a can, rather than to live the way that we're living. You see, it would mean our lives would be looking far, forward to one more drunk night just so that we could, could endure this life. You see, but unlike those people that commit suicide who think that it's all over at death, you realize we still have to face eternity. And there would be only one place that we could go. And that would be an eternal hell. But, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But in fact, and I want you to realize that fact. That is not something that we just wish was true. Fact is, is that people witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And those witnesses wrote it down. And not only did those witnesses write it down, they gave their lives because of that. Nobody gives up your life for a lie. This is a fact that Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, Christ has been raised from the dead and we have an assured resurrection. And so you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This message is true. Your faith is not futile. There is hope always and you are not to be pitied. Now, I want to say one last thing because I think of a lot of people, they think, well, you know, it's because I believe. Let me explain something to you. You didn't cause the resurrection. The resurrection was caused for you.